A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on? My name is Leif Arneson. I'm joined here by my co-host, my brother Anders. What's going on, dude? Yo, what is going on, guys? I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. Oh, yeah, that we, was... we've got a lot of feedback saying <laughs> your banter was hilarious in the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were they, hillbillies? <laughs> yeah. uh, but seriously, yeah, it's um, that was a fun episode. <laughs> no, it's fun to just like do a little bit more riff stuff. That's why, like, I love the science episodes, but um, those are a little bit more structured, and there's not right. exactly as much like back and forth. So, anyways, yeah, we try to do a mix of all that stuff. Um, but before we, so this podcast is going to be on how to, uh, get more done. And it's really, um, like the, the pandemic that we've all been going through has really just kind of turned 2020, like upside down for all of us. Yeah. Like this year has all not our turned plans out that we've had right. are not plans anymore. This, this year has <laughs> completely like shifted direction. And hopefully you did start 2020 with some massive goals and you had like this idea of the actions that you wanted to take and the things that you want to accomplish. Um, and if you did, you probably feel pretty behind right now, but, uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in this episode. You can make up for the time that we've lost through the pandemic by just working harder and also improving your productivity. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I found this uh, incredible post um, on Instagram, and I just wanted to do you know read the vegan gym? Excellent post. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to read through it. Actually, um, it was uh, it was kind of a repost I saw. Uh, but anyways, it's um it's from this guy. I I don't really know who he is. Dave Sparks, uh, and his Instagram handles at Heavy D Sparks. But anyways, he uh, he had posted this thing, and um, I saw a repost of it, and it's just uh, it just really um, kind of rang true to me. So it's just uh, kind of putting things into perspective with the whole quarantine, and I think that's uh, you're really uh, ramping this up, man. Yeah, this better be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just get to it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, he wrote, uh, "For a small amount of perspective during these crazy times, imagine you were an American born in 1900." When you were 14, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday with 22 million people killed. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until you are 20 years old. 50 million people die from it in those two years. 50 million people. When you're 29, the Great Depression hits. <laughs> Unemployment. It's just like worse and worse and worse. Uh, when you're 29, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. Global GDP drops 27%. And that uh, the Great Depression runs until you're 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. And when you turn 39, that's when World War II starts. When you're 41, the U.S. officially joins World War II. <clears throat> Excuse me. And between your 39th and 45th birthday, 
75 million people perish in the war and the Holocaust uh, kills 6 million people. At 52, the Korean War starts and 5 million people die in that. At 64, the Vietnam uh, War begins and it doesn't end for many years. 4 million people die in that conflict. Approaching your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, a tipping point in the Cold War, and life on our planet as we know it could have ended at that time, and many people thought that was inevitable. As you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. And in the history of the world, as we just covered, there has never been a storm that lasted. There have been lots of things that our grandparents and great-grandparents have gone through uh, but just like all of those things, the coronavirus uh, as well shall pass. So let's just continue to be smart, continue helping each other, and we're going to get through this together. So I just it's all I read about that perspective. Yeah, oh I read that. And I'm goodness. like, you know, dang, man, like this. <laughs> Nothing to complain right. about. <laughs> yeah, and and obviously, like this whole pandemic has been really uh, difficult for lots of people, and it's affected people. It's um, I killed many people, and and uh, and been very difficult for many families. But to put things into perspective, there have been a lot of other uh, things that have happened that have been uh, equally, uh, perhaps, arguably more challenging that people have gone through. So. That's just a little perspective to kind of start this podcast off. But uh, with that in mind, we're going to be talking about um, how to really improve your productivity, how to master your time and get more done. That was a, uh, that was a pretty heavy hitter for to begin this podcast, <laughs> man. Yeah, well. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh my God. Yeah, well, I think I think perspective is uh, can bring lots of clarity. Oh, so yeah, for sure. When you, when you kind of look back at all the stuff that we've actually gone through, because it can always seem in the time that the, that the thing that you're going through in the present is so much more difficult than other things that you've been through or that past generations have been through. So yeah. I think that perspective is really important. Anyways, today we're talking about how to master your time and really use it to your advantage. So when we're talking about mastering time, um, I always like looking at the elite performers, the people who are just absolutely crushing it. And when you are looking at elite performers, uh, they very clearly look at time and use time completely differently than everyone else. So you basically have two options when it comes to time management and productivity. One, either you control time or uh, time is going to control you. And either you're going to be someone who dictates the terms of their life, dictates all the things uh, that need to happen on your time, or you will go through life reacting and responding to other people. So with that in mind, we're going to cover five strategies in this episode that are going to help you to master your time and get more done. These are five strategies that uh, Anders and I continually try to work on implementing in our own lives. And I think that you'll find them to be equally useful um, as we have. So strategy number one is plan your day the night before. Now, if you wake up wondering what you need to do today to progress your life, like the goals that you need to accomplish, you're already behind. <laughs> you already start the day behind if you wake up and the first kind of thing that you're wondering is, hey, what do I do today? Maybe you know like, okay, I got to go to work. I got to feed the dog. I got to go like work out maybe somewhere. You, you have like ideas of what you need to do, but if you don't have like a concrete plan when you wake up of all the stuff that you need to accomplish, then you start the day already behind in your schedule. 
So when we're when we go through the process of planning our days, um, we swear by the power list. Um, and I know that this is one of your favorite topics, <laughs> but uh, the power list is super, super simple, but incredibly effective. I have tried uh, dozens. I don't know exactly how many, but dozens and dozens of different time management planner, whatever you want to call them, strategies. And the power list is the only one that's really stuck. It's the one that, uh, that really helps me the most to crush my day. So the power list really just takes like 20 minutes maximum. If you have some, uh, at least some idea of what you need to accomplish to achieve your kind of broader goals. Um, and it automatically puts you in control of your day. So if you want to learn more about the power list, uh, there's a really great episode from the MFCEO podcast. Andy Frisella talks about the power list. Uh, as far as I know, he was the one who created it. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it's, again, it's super simple. Like you literally write down the five things that you need to do from the next day. That's it. That's why and it then, takes 20 minutes. Right. Super simple. <laughs> and that, yeah, it shouldn't even take 20 minutes. But if you go through and you cross out every single thing, every single one of those five things, then you win the day. Uh, and if you do not cross out all five things, then you lost the day. So that's basically how you schedule your day and how you keep track of whether you crushed it or not. So yeah, check out that episode, uh, episode 107 of the MFCEO podcast. And uh, uh, Andy Frisella will go into a lot more detail about the power list and how you actually use it. But you only need a piece of paper and a, and a pencil. You don't need some fancy planner. We both uh, ended up buying the power list from Andy Frisella's website. It is pretty and sweet. So. It is pretty cool. <laughs> but you don't need that. You just right. need a piece of paper. You just need a pen. And you just need to know how to count to five. That's basically it. <laughs> So if you got that, you're all good. All right. So that's strategy number one. You have to plan your day the night before. Strategy number two is be in a hurry. So elite performers are just simply in a bigger hurry to get to their end destination, to get to their goals. And this really carries through every single area of their life. They literally walk faster. They usually talk faster. Everything that they do is done faster and with purpose. And more importantly, their expectation of when they will arrive at their destination is also sooner. So that's part of the reason that they're always in a hurry. They think that their destination is closer than what most other people would perceive it to be. And the simple fact of the matter is the closer you perceive your destination, the faster you're going to be running to the finish line. Uh, a really classic Example of this is a marathon versus a 100 uh, meter run. If you're getting up on the start line, you should know whether you're about to run a marathon or a 100 meter race. And your pacing is going to be way different for one of them versus another. So you line up on uh, the line for a marathon and let's say your goal is to run at like a 12 minute per mile pace or something, 15 minute per mile, maybe 10 or below if you're really good. So you automatically have an idea of how you need to pace yourself for this run. You're not going to get up on the start line and just sprint as fast as you possibly can when the gun goes off, or you're going to be passed by everyone else in in like everyone's going to laugh a quarter at you. mile. <laughs> so uh, it, like compare that to a 100 meter run. When you line up on the start line of a 100 meter run, you see the destination from the start line, you know exactly where you need to get to. And it's really not that far away. It will take you uh, 10 to 20 seconds, depending on how fast you can run. 
So that is how you kind of perceive the proximity of the finish line. When you're looking at a marathon versus a 100 meter sprint, the the way that you perceive the finish line is much different because the proximity of the finish line is much different. So if you move slowly through life, it's because you've convinced yourself that your goal is far away. You've convinced yourself that your goal is at the end of a marathon while other people who are really ambitious, really kind of driven the elite performers perceive their goal as being 100 meters down the road. And they can be identical goals, but they just perceive how quickly they can meet them in a much different way than most average people do. So elite performers believe that their goals are closer and because they think that they're closer, they automatically go faster, which which shrinks time. And it makes, uh, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're like, this is a, this goal is closer than what most other people think. So I'm going to run faster to it. And that makes the goal, uh, become accomplished more quickly. So that's how you can really kind of shrink time, uh, compress time and get way more done, uh, in less time. So that's strategy number two. Always be in a hurry and just view time in a different way. Kind of have that perspective when it comes to how far away your uh, kind of end goals actually are. So, strategy number three actually, is... Actually, to go off of that, yeah, real quick, the, the going to your end destination uh, as quickly as possible, how do you, I guess, for some people that feel like they're going through the motions and they have this amazing end goal, but they don't feel like they're going as quickly as they possibly should to it. How do you get into that mindset of the elite performer? How do you get into that mindset of uh, moving as quickly as possible? You know, it's like, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Yeah. Um, well, I think, uh, I think you need some wins. You need some yeah. quick wins. And, and the more that you can stack up the wins, the more you stack up your momentum and the more you stack up the momentum and the wins, the more your confidence grows yeah. and the more that you believe that it's possible for you to accomplish that particular goal in a short period of time. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of saying, Hey, here's the goal. Here are all the things I need to do to accomplish it. These are the things in this entire list that I need to do this week to move the ball forward as quickly as possible to accomplish this goal. And now I'm going to run out and accomplish those things. And when yeah. you do that, you reevaluate, say, okay, what's the, what do I have to do next week? And that's how you can really start accumulating those wins, building that momentum and realizing that it is possible for you. You just have to uh, clearly understand the end goal and then break it down into pieces. And I, I, I think, kind of, I think that's the ticket right there. Yeah. Clearly understand the end goal. It's like so many people right, do right. set goals where they're no, just like, Oh, this, this is kind of, are you going to be getting into this later or not? no, actually I'm not. Okay. But that's well, important. <laughs> well, yeah. Having a, that clear set goal and knowing why you want to accomplish that, that's going to change your pace. Uh, and that's the difference between the, the 15, a minute mile versus a 10 minute mile in the marathon. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, that's yes. going to get you to where you want to be as quickly. So as it's possible. an example for like, uh, that's particularly relevant for fat, for fitness. Um, that has to do with fat loss. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, okay, I want to lose weight. That's, um, right. yeah, that's a goal, but it's not clearly defined. No. And it's like, if you tell someone, Hey, I want to lose weight. I have no idea how far the des the finish line is for you because I don't know how much weight you want to lose. I don't know what you want to look like. And it doesn't sound like you do either. Right. <laughs> so you need to under clearly understand 
what the finish line actually looks like, and then you can work on compressing time to get there as quickly as possible. Right. So, so, so I, I just want to clarify that because it's it's more than just moving more quickly. You also have to be actually understanding. You have to know where you're heading. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can be moving really quickly in the wrong direction. Right. That's not helpful. Exactly. I just so, want to clarify that. Yeah. No, that's a really good clarification. All right, so strategy number three is to ditch the phone. And this is something that uh, we all struggle with, or at least uh, mere mortals struggle with Everyone struggles <laughs> yeah, with so, it. Yeah, so we struggle with it too. Um, so the constant reminder is really, is really helpful. But um, I just want to touch on a few things that I really find to be helpful. So uh, when it comes to ditching the phone, really try your best to not check email or social media first thing in the day. You've probably heard that dozens of times, but it's uh, that's because it works yeah. <laughs> and you should actually do it. So ideally, like don't touch your phone for at least an hour after you wake up. Um, and maybe like you have to, uh, you're expecting an email from your boss or something in the morning and you have to respond to it right when you wake up. Well, yeah, maybe that's something that you can't really avoid, but you can probably wake up earlier to a point where your boss wouldn't be expecting anything from you. Right. If if your boss is expecting you to reply by like 6 a.m., then you get up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something like that. And you can start the day on your own terms. You can start the day in complete control instead of relinquishing control to other people or other people's agendas. So along those lines, I've I heard a great quote. This was a few years ago. And, um, I think it was, uh, oh, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff something. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> uh, oh man. He's the, he's the founder of uh, product launch formula, Jeff Walker. There it is. Um, I think this was, I think he said it, or it was another guru that he heard and he was just repeating it, but <laughs> just tell us anyways, the quote. <laughs> I'll let me tell you. <laughs> All right. So he said, uh, he said, your inbox is nothing more than a convenient organization system for other people's agendas. And that's a pretty darn good definition yeah, of email. That's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, you log into your email and it's just a bunch of emails probably from other people who have their own agendas and they want you to do something to help them accomplish their own kind of tasks. So... And of course, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, that's true, especially for work email. So if you can, if you can wake up and space the time before between waking up and actually checking your email, if you can uh, get at least an hour in there where you start the day on your own terms, it can completely shift uh, how you approach your day. So you've really got to take control of the day first thing and and show your schedule, show time that you are actually in control. You're the boss. So if the first thing that you do in the morning is grab your phone, then your phone controls your life. If the first thing you do is log in and check your email, then your email controls your life because it's controlling every single day. So don't live in reaction mode. That's what way too many people do. They live in this kind of uh, reaction mode instead of being more proactive and really starting things on their terms and controlling things on their terms. Uh, controlling their day on their terms. So, so, so there's kind of a difference between reaction and the, the previous point of moving as quickly as possible, right? Because those kind of like go hand in hand. Uh, so many people, like 
I'm sure people are thinking like, oh, but you told you said to like move as quickly as possible, get as much done as possible. But starting your day and really setting your up yourself up for success is really important. Um, well, that first hour is so you can focus on the things that you need to yeah, do to accomplish right, your goals. Right. Yeah. And I was I was about to dive in. It's just like I'm on the phone constantly. That is like I I am literally yeah. on the phone 24 seven <laughs> essentially. And so the mornings. Uh, for me, in order to control the day and for me to be able to uh, bring that speed and that efficiency is actually not doing any work. It's for me to go out on a walk so I get mentally clear, and that's what sets my day up for su- success. Yeah. So it's completely different for everybody, but just know it's not like you have to be doing something uh, every single moment of the day to like like some type of busy work. You know, it's like you can find time for yourself to really get, prepare yourself for the day type of thing. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's really important to yeah. just start with control, to right. start the day on your I, terms. I guess that's me saying that's my control. Yeah, and, and not just, yeah, yeah you, you wake up and instead of jumping on a phone call five minutes after you wake up, yeah. you start the day on your own terms and get into the right mental space yeah. to kind of crush your work 100 so yeah we're saying basically the same thing which is a little different <laughs> all right so that's strategy number three ditch the phone strategy number four redefine your day so kind of redefine your idea of what a day actually means so if so just say as a kind of a rhetorical question how many times have you wished a day was longer than 24 hours? I know that I have on many, many occasions, and it always seems like there's not enough time in the day. So, yeah, it would be great to have uh, a few more hours in the day. I'm sure that you you can agree. Anyone <laughs> would agree to this. <laughs> but I would say, and I have I have as well, so I'm not pointing fingers, but I would say that's actually your problem. You're looking at time with a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. So you have never gotten to the end, just as an example to kind of illustrate this point, you've never gotten to the end of a super productive day and wish that you had more than 24 hours in that day. That only happens to you when you waste time and do and are not productive. That's so true. Yeah. So true. If you you can go through and absolutely crush a day and those days you feel great and you never wish that you had more time. Yeah. You only wish that you had more time on the days that you just didn't get the stuff done. Man, that's so, so true. I, that's so true, but it hits so deep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it hits deep for me too because it's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So have you ever gotten to like the, have you ever uh, had like a four hour window of time where you accomplish more in that amount of time than you, than you usually accomplish in an entire day? That's something that has happened to me uh, many, many times. And those kind of periods of hyper productivity where I accomplish more in four hours than I usually do in an entire day, I feel absolutely amazing. Uh, And I think we've all experienced that. So why doesn't that actually happen to us every single day? Because if that did happen to us every single day, we wouldn't ever be asking for more time. We would uh, be crushing our work. We'd get way more done in less we, time. We'd all be sprinting. We'd have, yeah, we'd all be sprinting, right? We'd all be with Usain Bolt. And then we'd also have time to kind of focus on the things outside of work or, or our kind of very defined goals where we can spend more time with family or uh, spend time relaxing or whatever. So because 
you've trained yourself to think on a 24 hour schedule. That's why you, um, kind of don't, aren't making the most of your time during the day. So if you waste time, it doesn't really register until you've lost an entire day. So if you're basically what I'm saying is if you're checking in with your progress on a 24 hour basis, like you're on a 24 hour schedule, then if you waste a day, it's not going to really register until you've lost that entire day. So that is where this idea of creating mini days comes in. And this is an idea that I first got from Ed Milet. If you don't know who Ed Milet is, I highly suggest you check out his podcast and his other content. But he talks about creating mini days. And this is how he has gone through and defined his mini days. Uh, Every 24 hours, he has three days. So day one is from 6 a.m. to noon. Day two is from noon to 6 p.m. And day three is from 6 p.m. to bedtime. And his goal with all of these mini days is to try to get a full day of work done in that amount of time. And maybe not just a full day of work, but also a full day of productivity, a full day of uh, happiness, a full day of spending time, quality time with uh, a loved one or or, uh, friends. So actually going through the process of creating mini days and instead of looking at your day as a 24 hour thing and you can just kind of waste your morning or go a little bit slow and then you really start getting into it around like 3 p.m. because you know work is done at five. (laughs) If if you're constantly doing it kind of approaching time in that way, you're going to get way less done, feel way less accomplished and then constantly be feeling that you need more time in the day because you don't. Uh, actually spend your time wisely. So instead, if you try to compress time and get done a an entire day of work between 6 a.m. and noon for mini day one, then you're going to feel so much better for the rest of the day, but you can continue pushing forward into mini day number two from noon to 6 p.m. and mini day number three from 6 p.m. to your bedtime. Or you can uh, define those many days however you want. But the idea is that you're shifting the focus from you're you're redefining what a day actually means. Uh, A day doesn't have to be 24 hours. Uh, A day can be four hours. It can be six hours. You can look at your schedule in a compressed version of time. And if you do that, you're more likely to actually stay on top of the things that you need to get done. So the goal here is to never get to the end of the day and wish that you had more than 24 hours. It's to get to the end of a mini day and feel like you just accomplished more in the last four hours than you usually do in an entire real day, which is 24 hours. So that's a really kind of helpful hack that you can use. And that's how you can automatically overnight get 72 hours in a day and over 1000 days in a year. So that's a pretty powerful concept. And if you can actually use that for your advantage and and really make the most of your time by compressing periods of productivity, then I think that you're going to be really happy with the results. So that is number four. Full Redefine <laughs> your day. All right. Strategy number five is to set an internal alarm. And this kind of goes hand in hand with the last one that we were just talking about in how you kind of perceive time and how often you reevaluate your progress. But this is slightly different, so let's discuss exactly what I mean by this. So when performance is measured, performance improves. 
And the more that you shrink the time frame in which you measure performance, the less time you'll waste being unproductive and the more your performance will consequently improve. So average performers go through and measure their performance every January 1st. They get to the end of the year and they think, oh, I accomplished these goals. I didn't accomplish those goals. So I'm going to head into this next year and actually set my goals. And I'm going to hit the ground running on January 1st. And I'm absolutely going to crush 2020. And then you get to the end of the year and that's when you kind of do your check-in and say, oh man, I didn't really get everything done that I wanted to get done. That's what average performers do. High performers measure their performance every month. Super high performers measure their performance every week. So you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> Elite performers measure their performance every day and preferably every mini day where they're going through and constantly evaluating how fast they are uh, working through to accomplish their goals, like how effective and efficient and productive they're actually being. So uh, elite performers spend very little time thinking about the past. They're focused on the present. They're focused on the future. And they look at time. They measure their performance on a more finite uh, period where they're going through and they're analyzing their performance uh, many more times during a week than even most other high performers do. So if you're constantly going through and creating a structure of a mini day and you get to the end of one mini day, which is let's say four to six hours and you automatically reevaluate, Hey, how, uh, how much have I actually gotten done in the last six hours? What do I need to change heading into my next mini day? What are the uh, goals that I set out to accomplish for uh, this first period of time? And what new goals do I need to have heading into uh, kind of the next mini day? So just shifting uh, kind of your perspective on time and having that internal alarm that goes off on a more frequent basis where you're constantly checking in and uh, gauging kind of your productivity. And there are some really kind of helpful uh, apps that I use for um, actually making this possible. So um, there in terms of going through and having like periods of hyper productivity. I use something called the Pomodoro technique and there are a bunch of different like Pomodoro timers that you can have. And, um, I think Pomodoro means, uh, Italian or, or not Italian <laughs> <laughs> means tomato in Italian. I think so. Uh, but I'm sure there are people who actually speak Italian listening to this and I might've completely what, butchered what that. Idiot. Yeah. But, uh, I, I should have looked that up before the podcast, but I'm pretty sure that's what it means. And it's, uh, basically just like one of those like tomato timers that you'd find in a kitchen, but you set it for a period of like. 20 to 45 minutes, maybe as much as 60 minutes. I sometimes use that. And that's like a period of hyper productivity. You have that timer that uh, is just kind of ticking down in the background. And, uh, and after that period of hyper productivity, you take a short break and then you jump into another period of hyper productivity. And, uh, and that's really, um, a, a helpful way of doing it. If you, uh, if you have a, a Mac, if you use Apple products, um, in the app store, uh, there is an app called focus and it's really, um, it's really amazing. It basically uses a Pomodoro, uh, technique to help you stay really, um, on top of all the stuff that you have to get done. Um, 
there's another thing that I really love. It's um, uh, the other thing that I, I really like doing is blocking certain websites so I can't access them during periods of hyper productivity because you've got uh, you've you've got like this little monkey in your brain that's constantly like running around and, and it's, it's always distracted. Like, and like, I was, yeah, when I was here. Ooh. Exactly. You could be working and like be incredibly focused and then something just like gets triggered in the back of your mind. You're like, Oh yeah, I should probably check Facebook. That was totally <laughs> like, me, me this last week with the, my, my shipping details with my bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you, what you finally got by the way. Yes, I did. Yeah. I had to actually go to the physical location, wait like two hours and, that this could that could be a whole its own podcast yeah. episode no, if it I really be. wanted it to be. Maybe, maybe we'll put that in just at the end if we if we can get through this. <laughs> so, um, having some way of like blocking your websites is um, is really amazing. Uh, if you are using Google Chrome, there's um, a program called Stay Focused. It's a Google Chrome extension. Uh, I believe they also have a version for Safari, but the Stay Focused app allows you to go in and block certain websites. They actually have a, a nuclear function that allows you to go in and nuke a bunch of websites, and there is no way you can possibly access those websites for the amount of time that you nuke them for. So that's pretty cool. And uh, there's nuke also like you're about to like fry your whole computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it fries those websites, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, there's another app that you can, uh, download on, uh, a Mac and it's called one focus. It's the number one. And then the word focus, and it's absolutely amazing. It does the same thing, but, uh, it works on a Mac to block, uh, certain websites across all browsers. So I must admit, like I to stay focused, use, uh, uses Google Chrome. So I go in, I nuke a bunch of websites and then I'm getting some work done. And then I'm like, Oh, actually I really do need to kind of check this thing. I probably should do it. I, I should check my email. So then I can open up Safari and like open up a different browser and, uh, stay focused. Can't nuke anything on Safari. So that's like a little workaround. Uh, but then I found one focus and that completely, uh, just nukes everything. Yeah, that just nukes everything across your n- entire computer. <laughs> So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. And I find that to be really helpful. Um, and then of course, uh, turning off the phone, keeping the phone away from you. Um, the periods I, I really should work on doing this more, but the periods of time where I am most efficient are the times where I turn off my phone. I walk downstairs, uh, and head outside, go into the parking lot and I put my phone into my car, lock my car, come back up into our apartment and that is when I'm just 100% efficient. You I've, do that? Yeah. Oh. I, I've nuked. <laughs> no wonder I can't get a reach. It. <laughs> can't reach you. Oh, I told him my secret. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can't be reached, but um, but it makes me super productive. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I understand it doesn't work for everyone in all situations. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're waking up at 4 a.m. and you don't want to hear from anyone, you can do that for yeah. a few hours until you have to get into your work day. Since, but, since I'm on the phone, like, almost 24-7, the biggest thing that I've found to be productive to not be on your phone is to not have any ding, not have to end any notifications. Oh, yeah, totally. And you can check it at designated times to make sure that you address the thing that you need to, because if you're in communication with a lot of people, that's something that you obviously have to stay on top of, but you don't want to be hearing those dings going off because yeah. you'll go, Ooh, 
it's like the shiny object syndrome type of thing right well that's like that should be like level one of uh of like productivity hacks (laughs) but i mean that that helps me to stay away from my phone so but level 10 is you turn off your phone you put in your car uh that's a quarter mile away (laughs) and then level 20 is just destroying it. yeah just, just <laughs> no phone you don't have a phone uh so yeah that's uh those are really helpful techniques that i use to stay really productive because let's face it i am super i consider myself to be super disciplined i've got really ambitious goals but i have the same uh i have that same monkey in my brain we're all <laughs> that's, human uh, yeah that's constantly kind of going off and looking for um kind of the shiny object so yeah it's important to really have uh a all of these things in place to make sure that um that you can stay as productive as possible so that's basically that's that's what i've got for this episode uh those are the five strategies that um i've found to be incredibly helpful for mastering my time getting more done being more productive and if you follow these you can accomplish more in the next six months than uh, you were expecting to accomplish in all of 2020. So yeah, maybe the, uh, coronavirus really pushed you in a different direction, but you can make up all that lost time by just being really productive and getting more done. So one last thing we, we were talking about, uh, like controlling your day, setting us time for the morning to do what you need to do before you dive into anything else. Yeah. The same thing is for the evening as well. Okay. It's like, do not lay in bed and just consume content because you're going to stay up super, super late. Yeah. So that's have it, have a set dead deadline where it's bedtime yeah. where you remove it, put the phone in your car, go back, sleep, use an alarm and then go back and get your phone the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like we were talking about in creating the power list the night before. Uh, as we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but your day starts the night before. So if you mess up the whole bedtime thing, then your day is automatically, uh, shifted or potentially ruined because you don't get enough sleep. So it's really important to make sure that you have an evening routine as well. That's, um, that's a, that's another, uh, kind of thing that's really important. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Do you want to talk about your, your bike score story? Do we have time? We have five minutes. Okay. Before your next call. Okay, real quick. So, where where, where do I even start with this this thing? Okay, you've been... uh, Okay, I got it, I got it. Essentially, (laughs) I I ordered this bike offline, and it was supposed to ship from Boulder, Colorado. They ship it. It immediately gets to uh, Pennsylvania and to this shipping facility that's 25 minutes away from us. Uh, Within three days, I'm like, holy crap, Like this is getting to me pretty quickly. And then it goes an entire week without it getting scanned or any updates, and I had had no idea where it where it's at or what's the status of it or anything. So I've been I was calling every single day. They were putting in trouble tickets. They said every single day that they would call me and go to the facility. Should I should I talk about the the customer service building? Yeah. yeah okay. So um, essentially I go to the facility. They point me in the direction to the customer service uh, facility the building and i get there and there's like this massive white tent in front of this place i'm just like what the heck is that like you can tell that was recently built and it was one of those um covid checkpoints and i was like well that's kind of excessive for (laughs) uh, a, a customer service desk type of thing and so anyway i park put on my mask walk into the place and 
I don't know if any of you have seen the the movie The Crazies, but it's exactly like walking <laughs> into one of those checkpoints where there's like, uh, like I don't know, it just looks like uh, a there's, horror movie. There's type doing of thing. like a hazmat scene. Yeah, and there, stuff. there hazmat. There's this whole plexiglass like wall in front of me. There's a line of people just waiting, and I get up to this plexiglass, and there's like a slit in the middle of it. And this woman in this whole setup where she looks like she's about to like murder me like she scans my my forehead with the thermometer through this little slit and she was just like have you been to the doctors i was like no she was like have you have you been uh having any symptoms of covid i'm like no she was like okay and i just stood there i was like so do i go in (laughs) or do i just stay here or what do i do she was like you can go in and so I, I, I went around the plexiglass, I went through a door, and then there was this revolving door that you had to have a scan to go in. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, how is this a next like level security for a customer service desk? You had to have a little a scan Yeah, card. you had to, you had to have like an ID thing. An ID and card. And so yeah. I, I was just standing there. I was like, how am I going to get in there? And 30 seconds later, the next person behind me walks in, beams, uh, like opens up the door. So I just follow this dude in. Beams and tilting. <laughs> I follow this dude in, and then the next thing is this whole metal detector, like full body scan thing, and there's multiple security guards. I'm like, what in God's name is happening? How is this customer service right now? It's like, and I I put my stuff on the tray, and that goes through, and I walk through, and goes through the metal detector. Goes through the metal detector. I walk through the thing, and the security guy was like, "Do you have your employee badge?" Like I literally went through the employee entrance and I almost got through all their security without even knowing what I'm doing. (laughs) So like, anyway, long story short, um, I did get my bike. I had to go back out. Um, and if you're ordering anything from FedEx, just know that they're not supposed to tell you, but they told me that it could take up to another three to four extra weeks for whatever you order. (laughs) So if you don't go to the facility and pick it up, you're going to have to wait another month. So, um, yeah. And if you see a at. white tent, that's not the right entrance. <laughs> yeah, if you see a white tent, don't go in there. Yeah. Because that's the employee entrance. Well, he has his bike now, and it's super awesome. Oh, and, uh, man, I'm out of breath just saying all that. Yeah. Well, maybe you have to do some more cardio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you need to go bike a little it, bit. That was, that was a, like, <laughs> like, that was a crazy experience. Yeah. So I'm glad I had my bike just because I wouldn't have cared about it. But it was expensive, so that was the only reason why I pursued it so much. Yeah, but well, anyway. and you wanted to get out and ride, so don't yeah. order a bike online at this <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is the ultimate kind of <laughs> takeaway here. But anyways, I hope that you all really enjoy this episode. Um, and again, like if you feel behind so far uh, in 2020, we're all in the same boat. We all feel the same way. We can completely turn this around and uh, and absolutely crush kind of the second half of the year and get uh, all the goals that we had uh, for 2020 accomplished and more. So hope that you found a lot of value in this podcast and uh We'll catch you in the next one. So peace, peace, love, love, gains. gains. Take care, guys. See ya. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out theveganjim.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.